This is Chris Brooks. Thank you for listening to this edition of Equip. Be sure and subscribe for free so that you don't miss an episode. For more information, visit our website, equipradio.org. Well, hey there, friends. Welcome to another exciting edition of Equip with Chris Brooks. I am so thrilled that you've joined us today. Can you do me a favor? Strap on your seatbelt. We're going to navigate through the contours of culture, as always, with the lens of the biblical worldview on. But before we do that, let me remind you, this is the day that the Lord has made. He has given it as a gift so that you and I can rejoice and be glad in it. So let's do just that. Let's follow the words of the Apostle Paul. Let's rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And with that, I welcome you to a very exciting edition of Equip. Some have called it the most wonderful time of the year. And I believe that to be true. We have entered into the Christmas season. And I hope you're excited about that. As believers, we should always be excited about seasons in which Jesus becomes a front burner issue in our culture and not a back burner conversation. With that being said, maybe like in my family, your family has felt some tension around Christmas. Maybe you've noticed how in our culture, Christmas has become very contentious, that it's become a lightning rod conversation. Well, today I have a wonderful book that I want to get into your hands, and I want to do this really all month long that gives you um, real practical ways to not only share the story of your faith, but to be able to answer the objections that people have about the greatest story ever told. Today, we're going to talk to Rebecca McLaughlin about her book, Is Christmas Unbelievable? Maybe you have struggled with that question yourself. Well, today we want to take on some of the big questions about the story that we all celebrate. Was Jesus a real person? Can we really trust the Bible or take it seriously? What about miracles and the virgin birth? And does any of it matter anyway? Rebecca has written a phenomenal book, and I want to get it into your hands. So that's why all month long we are featuring Rebecca's book. Is Christmas Unbelievable? So while you're doing your Advent preparation of the heart, while you are praying and studying Scripture, hopefully leading up to that glorious day where we celebrate the coming of the Son of God into the world, we also want to equip you so that you can have those conversations with those who don't believe like you believe, those who are skeptics, cynics, and question the whole thought of Christmas, of the birth of Jesus, of his messiahship, of his lordship, and of the salvation that he provides. Are you ready for that? Rebecca's book makes it possible, and today I'm so grateful for her joining us again. Rebecca's a friend to the ministry here at Equip. She has her PhD from Cambridge University. Uh, She has spoken on platforms literally around the world, and she continues to write voluminously on a range of topics, helping Christians to know what they believe and to defend what they believe. Rebecca and uh, her husband have three almost perfect children And yet she still finds time to serve the body of Christ broadly. Rebecca, how are you today? 
I, I'm well. I, I wish the last piece of what you said was true. <laughs> I adore my kids, but perfect they are not. <laughs> no, it's the grandchildren that are perfect. At least that's the rumor that I hear, is that the Maybe fall skips that generation. <laughs> the fall totally skips grandchildren. I appreciate you joining. I know this is a busy time of year for you, for us, uh, for everyone who's listening just about. It's a time of hopefully welcoming people to our table, opening up our homes, having a lot of conversations. But, Rebecca, I alluded to it. One of the things that's been interesting in my own family, full disclosure, is that Christmas for a long time growing up was not a debatable topic. Now it has become a source of controversy, not only culture in the broader culture, but many people are seeing it in their own homes. Are you surprised by that? No, and depending on what that looks like, I'm, I'm also maybe not even sad about it. <laughs> so, so here's the thing. There's, there's one experience we can have of this season, which is everyone gathering together around something that we culturally love. You know, the Christmas tree, the presents, the food, the sort of nativity scene, the warm, fuzzy feelings that we have, all of which are lovely, lovely things. But even in that cultural comfort, we can actually lose sight of the the radical claims that Christmas actually makes on us. And there's an extent to which we can even become kind of anesthetized to those claims if we're so cozy in our Christmas comfort um, that, that maybe there are those in our circle of, of loved ones, in our family, in our neighborhoods, um, among our friends, who actually don't recognize Jesus as the Son of God and, and who participate in Christmas in a way that... Um, just kind of dulls them to the to the seriousness of that of that situation. So I'd almost rather, and I know this makes me sound kind of like the Grinch, <laughs> uh, maybe not stealing Christmas, but making Christmas uncomfortable again. I'd almost rather we had awkward conversations and that people yes. said, you know what? I don't know that I believe that Jesus actually was was born of a virgin, for instance. I, I'd rather have that conversation then people just sing sort of merrily along um, without ever taking seriously the claims that Jesus might be making on their life. I want to make clear that this book is about so much more than the celebration of a holiday or nostalgia, as you just talked about. This book is about us being able to understand the very core of our faith and being able to uh, share it with others, but also responding to the real and uh, serious as well as pervasive questions people have about the Christian story, which we refer to as the greatest story ever told. Now, this month, all month long, we're making it available for a gift of any amount. And I want to encourage my friends that are listening, go to the phone lines now. You guys know how seriously I take the resources that we make available to you. I would not present to you a resource that I didn't find absolutely phenomenal and as it as it pertains to defending some of the questions that come in this season about the christian faith uh i think that uh rebecca's book is top shelf both for its approachability and because of the concise way she shares truth so please go to our phone lines now 888-644-4144 that's 888-644-4144 4144. Now, I've said this often. This is one of those books that I wish I could airdrop into every home in the U.S., in Canada, North America. But I don't I don't have enough money to afford a private plane, so I can't do that. 
But what you can do is call that number. And a gift of any amount, we're going to send Rebecca's book to you ASAP. Is Christmas Unbelievable? Four questions everyone should ask about the world's most famous story. Go to your phone line now, 888-644-4144. Do it for yourself. Do it for a friend. But do it today. Rebecca, I just want to ask a question, and we'll come back to the book. But why is it that you are so passionate about answering hard questions? Because, listen, that's not a normal deal. Like, most people (laughs) would rather avoid the uncomfortable issues that you seem to uh, kind of revel in taking on. Why is it uh, that you're so passionate about it and compassionate about it? Here's the thing, Chris, I'm actually a very low conflict kind of person. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not someone who likes to start a fight in my, in my personal life at all. Like I, I, I hate that. So my desire to engage with the, the harder questions is not because I want to be controversial for its own sake or to disrupt relationships for their own sake. Uh, I think though too often as Christians, we avoid the hard questions because we're secretly afraid that there aren't real answers. We, we sort of worry that maybe Jesus will crumble in the face of, of the most skeptical or, or challenging questions that our, our friends or family members or um, neighbors might have. And so part of the reason we don't want to go there is because we're a little bit afraid that our own faith will, will get lost in, in the shuffle. I have found actually the opposite. I, I found that the, the, the further I've gone on in my Christian life, the more that I've read on the one hand of the scriptures and on the other hand of, of the leading sort of secular thinkers of our day, the more persuasive Jesus has, has become to me and the, the more beautifully he shines in comparison with any other um, so-called gods, in comparison with, with any other belief system that our, our friends or neighbors or family members might have on offer to them. So actually when, when we stare the hard questions in the face, we, we don't find that Jesus sort of melts away. Um, we find that he comes into focus more beautifully. You know, it's interesting that you say this because so many people, as you said, when they listen to us, they're afraid that they're going to get asked the question that causes the whole thing to unravel. You have seen the opposite, but you don't You don't have to have a PhD to, to see this. And I think that some people will put an asterisk by your name, by my name, and say, well, of course, Rebecca, and of course, Chris, feel really comfortable answering these questions because look at all the training they've gone through. Just talk about making these types of resources for the everyday person because you could have written a highly academic book. That's not what this is, is it? No, and, and honestly, um, and I, I don't want to overstate this, but, but honestly, if something cannot be explained in terms that um, the average person can understand, um, this may not be quite true of like the scientific realm, like very technical scientific things. Like, you know, there are pl- plenty of scientific papers I can't read and remotely understand them, and, and that's fine. <laughs> but when it comes to the, the, the really big questions of, of life and death and meaning, if things can't be explained in terms that the average person can understand, then they're actually not going to make any profound difference in the world. Uh, and and when um, the Lord revealed himself to us through the scriptures, he did so in a way that's on the one hand, you know, in- incredibly sophisticated. You know, people can study the, the Bible for, um, or even a small portion of the Bible for their entire lives at the, the highest academic level and never 
run out of things to questions to ask and, and things to say. And at the same time, the gospel can be communicated to a small child and, yes. and, um, and be, and have that done so with, with great power. And so it's not that we need to become more and more sort of erudite and sophisticated and, and um, long-winded and long-worded in, in our conversations in order to really grasp um, the, the central challenges and, um, and the, the deep beauty of, of the Christian message. I, I don't think we do. At the same time, we don't need to be afraid of those things. And one of the things that I, I love to do is to read some of the more academic folks um, on both sides of every question, actually, a Christian and not an atheist, and then translate what they're saying into terms that um, people, um, you know, average people without this particular background are going to understand and relate to. Um, so, yeah, I'm just trying to trying to bridge bridge those gaps and, and make those conversations real. Well, you do a great job of it. Friends, here's what we're going to do. We're going to open up the phone lines because Rebecca and I would love to create a safe space for you to ask your questions. Maybe you've begun to deconstruct from the Christian faith. Uh, a, a contemporary term that means that you have begun to have major doubts about the Christian story. We love to create a safe space for you to call and to ask your questions at 877-LIVE-675. That's 877-548-3675. Or maybe you are sharing your faith with someone who questions, was Jesus a real person? What about this virgin birth? Or even bigger, Maybe they're questioning, why does it all matter anyway? We want to help you as well. The phone number to join the conversation is 877-548-3675. Call now, 877-548-3675. Much more to come next up on Equip. The story of Jesus' birth is full of hope, promise, and wonder. But in today's culture, much of the miraculous Christmas story has been watered down or filled with pagan myths. So if you want to know the verifiable facts surrounding Jesus' birth, you'll want a copy of Is Christmas Unbelievable? by apologist Rebecca McLaughlin. Request your copy today when you support Equip with a gift of any amount. Call 888-644-4144 or visit EquipRadio.org. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. Today we're taking your questions, maybe your doubts as well, questions about the Christian faith. Is it believable in particular about the Christmas story? Is uh, Christmas unbelievable is the question that's on the table. Is the virgin birth something that we should actually believe took place? Can the gospels even be trusted? Maybe these are questions that you've heard your, or, or have yourself. Again, uh, Rebecca McLaughlin is my guest, and we want to create a safe space for you to call in today with your questions. 877-548-3675 is the number to join the conversation. We'll go to the phone lines in just a moment. Also, we're making her book, Is Christmas Unbelievable, available to anyone this month that supports the program with the gift of any amount. And I would pray that as we close the year that you would be as generous as possible and know that your year-end tax-deductible gift not only helps us to finish the year strong, but it helps us to dream big about the future, about how we can spread the gospel in your community and uh, to the next generation. I love what Tim Keller says about your book, Rebecca. He says, it's a highly 
uh, accessible and crystal clear case for the historicity uh, both of the written gospels and of Jesus himself and for why it matters. I couldn't agree with uh, Tim Keller more. So let's start with that question. Why does any of this matter? Why, why should we even care about the most famous story that the world has ever heard? Yeah, strangely, at this time of year, people often act like it doesn't really matter whether it's true or not. You know, so long as you can enjoy the the frills around Christmas and even have your little nativity scene up in on your bookshelf or on your, your mantelpiece, uh, it doesn't matter whether Jesus really um, came to Earth as the the very Son of God or not. But but when you when you sort of unwrap that idea, um, it turns out that it matters desperately. Because so much, even of what our, our non-Christian friends um, believe today, for example, the idea that all human beings are fundamentally morally equal, or the idea that the, the strong and the rich and the powerful shouldn't trample on the weak and the poor and the marginalized, but actually should um, care for them and, and, and provide for them, or the idea that men are equal to women, or that, that small babies are actually precious humans rather than possessions. All, all of these things, um, if you look back historically, flow from the life and teachings of this first century Jewish rabbi known as Jesus of Nazareth. And they, they ultimately depend on whether his claims about himself and the claims made about him are true. Um, a lot of people in our society today think that Jesus is just, just a good teacher and that you can kind of, you know, feel good about Jesus and appreciate the things that he taught without believing the crazy stuff that he was the this creator god made flesh or that he died for our sins and was raised um on, on the third day so that we could have eternal life with him but actually if you read the gospel accounts of jesus life you listen to his teaching you find that it all depends on who he is actually if jesus isn't the very son of god then his teaching isn't good and he makes wild claims about himself and and how um if if anyone has uh, wants to have life, they must come to him. And that to be apart from him is to be dead. I mean, th- those kinds of claims are not ones made by a good teacher, um, if they're not true. And, and at the very beginning of, of Jesus's life and the accounts of it that we see in, in Luke and in Matthew's gospel, we find this claim that Jesus wasn't um, just merely a human being like you and I are, but that he is both fully human and fully divine that Mary um, was his, his biological mother, um, but he didn't have a human father. He was, in fact, um, conceived by the Holy Spirit in, in Mary's womb. And if, if this isn't true, if Jesus is just another human being like us and not also the very son of God, um, the, the creator of the universe made flesh, then his claims about himself just don't make sense. And everything that's flowed from them doesn't hold together either. The phone number to order a copy of the book to have it sent to you uh, ASAP is Christmas Unbelievable is 888-644-4144. That's 888-644-4144. Or if it's easier, go to equipradio.org. Let's go to Scott, who's listening in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Hey, Scott, thank you so much for listening to Equip. What's your question for Rebecca? Hey guys, appreciate y'all having me on. Uh, my question is in regards to to the actual date of Jesus's birth. Mm. I had question. You now I'm a born again Christian. Just this year, I don't question at all that he was born 
for in, for our sins and died and resurrected. But the date itself, just this past year, it's in uh, uh, everything surrounding it. It uh, it just doesn't feel like it used to. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel. I don't. I don't know. I, I sure. can't find anything in the, you know, on the twenty fifth. And I was hoping that you guys could give me some more background. Sure. Thanks for your mm. question, uh, Scott. I, I really appreciate you calling. And again, Scott's question is a common one. Rebecca, how would you respond? Yeah, that's a, it's a great question. So we um, in in the West, we Western Christians celebrate Jesus's birth in particular on the twenty fifth of December. And and there's nothing wrong with that. It's a you know perfectly good day to celebrate Jesus's birth on. But there's also nothing specifically biblical about it. Um, you, you're absolutely right. There's nothing in the scriptures that says that Jesus was born on the 20, 25th of December. Um, and the calendars were even a, a little bit different back then as well. So so we shouldn't rest any of our confidence um, on, on that date in particular. Um, it's, a, it's a convenient opportunity for us to come together um, and, and celebrate. But it, it, there's nothing in terms of our actual faith that hangs um, on that date, uh, we really we do, really don't know exactly what date that he was born, um, and the date doesn't matter. the The circumstances of his birth, um, the fact that he was conceived of a virgin, that the fact that he was um, born in into poor uh, poor Jewish family, um, and everything that kind of goes goes from there matters profoundly. But the the date and the time of year doesn't. Yeah, I would I would echo what Rebecca just said. You know, the Bible is certainly silent on the specific date that Jesus was born. So that gives an openness in many ways for the church to be able to uh, identify when special celebration can take place uh, around Jesus's birth. And in one way, Rebecca, we can say we celebrate the birth of of Jesus every day, right? In in one Amen. way, we could say the coming of the Son of God into the world is something that we should celebrate every day. In another way, we can say every Lord's Day, when we gather together, uh, the, the first day of the week, what we would call Sunday, we set aside special focus uh, to celebrate the coming of the Son of God into the world and all that that means. In another way, we can say that there are certain days throughout the year where we have set aside to capture the attention of our culture and the broader attention of the world, um, uh, days to focus on Jesus. Now, the the origin and the history of this uh, December 25th date is really grounded in the fact that this was a time where a lot of pagans were doing a lot of holiday celebrations. And as the church, we wanted Jesus to be the centerpiece. And so just as Christianity has redeemed not only lives, but words and days of the calendar for the gospel, this day has been one that Christianity says, no, 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 we're not going to surrender that to the pagan world or surrender that date to, uh, to those who maybe disbelieve to another story, but we're going to redeem this day and we're going to use it as a focal point to celebrate the coming of the Son of God into the world. So don't get overwhelmed by the date as much as 
as Rebecca said, the story, that's the most important part. So grateful for your question, Scott. Listen, maybe you're listening like Scott and you have a question for Rebecca. Maybe you have been processing your own doubts or the doubts of someone else. I want you to call and know this is a safe place for you to ask your sincere questions. 877-548-3675. That's 877-548-3675. Rebecca, can we take the Bible seriously? Yes. And why so? (laughs) Did you want more than that? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, I think especially around Christmas, it's helpful for us to think specifically about the four gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the biographies of Jesus that we find in the Bible. And, and some of our non-Christian friends might legitimately have, have questions of like, Hey, this was, you know, 2000 years ago. How can you be confident that what you're reading in your Bible about Jesus even represents um, things that, that people at the time actually, you know, saw happening or, or heard him saying. Um, And some will say, you know, we know that the, the Gospels were written down decades after Jesus' death. So the, the earliest Gospel generally agreed to be the earliest is Mark's Gospel, which was written probably between 35 and 45 years after Jesus' um, death and resurrection. And John's Gospel was written most likely around 60 years afterwards. And so, you know, somebody might say, oh, I, I can't remember what I had for breakfast yesterday. How, how could you possibly expect people to remember things that they saw and heard so many decades earlier? And it's, it's a fair and important question. But if you think about it, we do remember things that happened to us decades ago. Um, I'm not old enough myself to remember things that happened 40 years ago. Listening to us today, you may or may not be. Um, But my parents and my grandparents absolutely are. We don't remember everything, but we remember the most important conversations and events. And the people who eyewitnessed Jesus's life, um, these were incredibly formative moments for them. We're going to take up this question and even more on the other side of these break. this break. Now, these breaks are designed with a specific purpose in mind, and that is for you to learn more about our author, our guest, as well as the resource. You can find out more about Rebecca McLaughlin, as well as Is Christmas Unbelievable, and our website, EquipRadio.org. Also, dial this number, 888 644 4144. Do it today. 888-644-4144. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. We have officially entered into the most wonderful time of the year. Hopefully you're getting excited and fired up about this season. It presents great opportunities for us to share our faith in Jesus, to explain what we believe and why we believe it. And we want to help you with that. That's why I'm featuring this month, Rebecca McLaughlin's wonderful book, Is Christmas Unbelievable? Four questions everyone should ask about the world's most famous story. It's an approachable, wonderful book that I want you to have in your back pocket so that you can ask, answer questions rather, that's asked of you about the Christmas uh, season, about the Christian faith, more importantly. I want you to be able to explain to others why it's so significant that Jesus has come, that the Son of God has come into the world. I want you to be able to explain whether the Gospels are believable and why it even matters. 
I also want you to be able to explain miracles. And so, Rebecca, that's where I want to go next. I want to talk about miracles. First, let me give the number. If you want to learn more about the book, if you want to get your copy of Is Christmas Unbelievable, call 888-644-4144. What a great evangelistic book. I think about this book like I think about Josh McDowell's More Than a Carpenter. I have distributed thousands of copies of More Than a Carpenter because I think it makes a case for the specialness of Jesus in such a clear way that it provokes conversation. Well, in much the same way, man, uh, you can get this uh, small, accessible book and pass it out to friends broad, far, and wide. Have a few copies on your desk in the office or maybe on your front table when you walk into the home and just give them away for free. Find out more about how to get your copy of Is Christmas Unbelievable? Again, by dialing the number 888-644-4144. That's 888-644-4144. All right, Rebecca, um, let's talk about miracles. We live in a scientific world. You've talked about it, naturalistic world. Why should we believe in things like resurrections and virgin births? Yeah, it's it's a great question as well. Um, one of the stories that I, I tell in the book is the story of a Cambridge professor of, um, of physics, a guy named Russell Calburn. Um, he became a Christian right before he, he went to Cambridge as, a, as an undergraduate and has lived his whole career um, as a, a leading um, scientist. And he, he is very convinced about Jesus and, and including the miraculous claims um, about his virgin birth and his, his resurrection um, and he, as well as many other scientists who are serious believers who I've spoken to, um, would say that the job of science is actually not to investigate something like miracles. The, the point of science, and science was first developed by Christians, not as an alternative hypothesis to belief in a creator God, but actually because they believed in the God of the Bible, um, who was both, both rational and, and free. And that the point of science is to look at the regular ways in which the universe um, goes about its business, uh, the, the laws and principles on which the universe is, is based. And the point of a miracle is that it is something that is outside of those regularities. Now, the, the Bible teaches that God not only created the universe in the first place, but that he actually also kind of upholds it today um, by his powerful word. So that if, if God were not sustaining the universe right now, gravity wouldn't be happening, for example. Um, and because of God's role as creator and sustainer of the universe, he also has the freedom to sustain his universe differently at any, at any point in time. Um, when people say, you know, I, I believe in God, but I, I can't possibly believe in, in a virgin giving birth. That seems like a kind of supernatural bridge too far for me. It, it actually doesn't make a whole lot of sense because if there is a God who made the whole universe and everyone in it, it would be crazy to think that he couldn't make one human being in a different way. Um, you know, it'd be, it'd be like saying to um, uh, the, the composer Bach, you know, I know you are one of the greatest um, composers of all time, but I, pe- I bet you can't play Twinkle Twinkle Little Star on, on the keyboard. <laughs> you know, it's sort of um, the actual, the, the miracle at the physical level of, of the virgin birth is, is trivial from God's perspective. What's unbelievable and extraordinary um, and wild is that the God of all the universe himself chose to become a human being, to take on human flesh for our sake. Well, you know, when you think about this, it causes me to think about a kind of dovetail question, Rebecca, and that is Jesus 
himself. Now, some will say, yeah, Jesus existed, but he was a moral, ethical teacher who lived in first century Middle East, and that over time, his followers have overinflated the story to the point where we've created a Messiah. We've created, uh, in many ways, the Son of God. What do you say to those who will say that, yeah, Jesus existed, he was a real person, but we've inflated the story? Yeah, I'd say let's look at the eyewitness accounts of his life together. Because the, the Gospels in our Bibles were not um, you know, made up in centuries after the things that, that they record. And, and actually, mythology tends to take quite a long time to build up. They were written down when the people who had lived with Jesus, traveled around with Jesus, watched his, his miracles, heard his teachings, were still alive and, and able to tell their stories. And it didn't all just depend on one person's eyewitness account. It actually depended on multiple eyewitnesses. You know, Jesus famously had 12 um, apostles who he had chosen to sort of um, represent like the 12 tribes of, of, of Israel as a kind of re-beginning of, of God's, um, God's people. And these guys, it was their full-time job to travel around with their rabbi and to learn the things that he said um, and to be able to, to teach them to others. Jesus also had a bunch of women who traveled with him, who we read about, especially in, in Luke's gospel, and who were eyewitnesses of everything he did. And one of the, the, the weird things about the gospels in, in their first century cultural context is that actually our, our knowledge of both um, the beginnings of Jesus' life, the, the, um, the conception and, and virgin birth of Jesus on the one hand, and um, the resurrection at the end, the two sort of massive miracles at, at both ends of, of Jesus' life on earth, those, those depend on the eyewitness accounts of women in particular. Mm. Um, and in first century culture, if you were making up a story, you wouldn't have made it depend on the eyewitness accounts of women because women weren't seen as especially kind of reliable when it came to, to questions of, of truth. You would have, if you were making it up, you would have had these things witnessed by men. Um, but all the gospel authors point to the women as the first eyewitnesses of, of Jesus' resurrection. Um, and it was actually a very unpopular message this this idea that the the son of god had not only been been born but that he'd lived and died on a on a roman cross um and, and that then he'd been raised to life this was this was craziness um in in its first century context and this was a, a message that the first witnesses of, of jesus's life were they were ready to die um for the story that, that they were telling so it, it's not it's not a situation where you know generation upon generation has accrued you know, more and more mythology around Jesus to where someone who started off as a charismatic preacher sort of ended up as the son of God. No, we have people who um, you know, were walking around with Jesus um, in the flesh, then telling their stories and then being willing to die for the claims that they were making. Yeah, I think that's huge. The fact that these disciples were more than willing to lay down their life for this claim that they were making at least communicates to me that in their hearts and minds, they weren't communicating a lie or a myth because you wouldn't die for that. They were fully convinced that uh, Jesus is the son of God. And, uh, and that speaks volumes on why we celebrate him as the son of God, because we have concluded that their record, their account, it's trustworthy. And so friends today, maybe you are processing through your own questions, your own doubts about the Christian faith, or maybe you need help or prayer for someone you love who you are eager to see come to the faith. Friends, I want to encourage you to do two things. Number one, join this conversation by dialing 877 877- 
888-548-3675. That's 877-LIVE-675. Or go to our website, get a copy of Rebecca's book, uh, Is Christmas Unbelievable? Let's go to Tyler quickly in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Tyler, thank you for calling, my friend. What's your question for Rebecca? Thank you guys for taking my call. My my question is, is um, with the gifts from the three wise men, I've always wondered what the significance of the gold, frankincense, and myrrh is, because I've just never understood that. Well, I appreciate your question, my friend, and I think it's a it's a good one. Rebecca, why did Jesus, why was it significant that Jesus was worshipped and given gifts at his birth? Yeah, I mean, the, the role of the wise men, um, and we always have to remember with the gospel stories that there are so many stories that the gospel authors have to leave out leave out because um, Jesus did so many things um, in the course of his life and said so many things that they're always having to be very selective. So we have to ask ourselves, you know, why why was this story in particular included in, in Matthew's gospel? And what it speaks to is the fact that Jesus's lordship wasn't just for the, the Jewish people, for his the people into um, you know to which he he was born. It was actually for the whole world. It, it was for the the Gentiles, the non-Jews. It was for people from every tribe and tongue, tongue and nation. And the reason this story is included um, is that it, it gives us a, um, a a vivid picture of that of these. Um, these magi, um, and we don't know that there are three. We, we hear about these three gifts, but we don't know that it was just three guys. That's sort of more a, a tradition. Um, but magi, wise men um, from the east, who had travelled to find the the king of the Jews, um, and so we we see there even from the very first Jesus's reach, um, and we see as uh, the the shepherds on the one hand come to him, the sort of um, riffraff of society at that time. You know, uh, not not these social um, high class, not the not the wealthy, um, are represented by the, the shepherds, and then these um, these foreigners who who do have a lot of education and, and a lot of wealth coming to Jesus and and laying down their wealth in front of him is is what's pictured there as we see these gifts of of gold and, and frankincense and myrrh. Um, I think there are various theories as to what the exact significance of those three gifts are, um, and you know whether there, there's there's clearly some connection. Um, you know, frankincense is uh, something that I, I believe is, is can be associated with prayer. Um, gold, there's you know some connection with with royalty, and it's obviously you know a very expensive thing. And um, and myrrh can be used in, as part of a burial process. So there are various ways that we could kind of look at those gifts in particular. But I think uh, overall, the the message um, and the reason that that historical story is included for us is to help us see just the sheer reach of Jesus's kingship, that he's come to not just be king over this, um, you know, particular um, people, but to be king over the whole world. Rosalind from Akron, Ohio, has gotten her copy of his Christmas Unbelievable. Warren from Chattanooga, Tennessee, called in to get his copy. Sandra from Idaho called in to get her copy. And Deborah from Northport, Florida, called in to get her copy. It's time for you to call and get yours. 888-644-4144. That's 888-644-4144. You can call now. A gift of any amount, we will send it out to you. But here's the reason why this is important to my heart and hopefully to yours as well. 
I believe that whenever the culture or people in our sphere of relationships ask questions about the gospel and we don't have an answer, they assume it's because there is no answer. But what I have come to realize is that the Bible is full of answers to the questions that our hearts yearn to ask. And Rebecca has made these answers available to us in the book, Is Christmas Unbelievable? Get your copy today. Dial the number 888-644-4144. Most Americans celebrate Christmas and are familiar with the nativity scene. But when it comes to actually believing the story of the birth of Christ, many people are skeptical. Maybe you're one of them. I want to equip you with a book that provides compelling evidence for the biblical account of Jesus' birth. It's entitled, Is Christmas Unbelievable? We'll send you a copy with your supportive equip this month. Just call 888-644-4144 or go to equipradio.org. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. This is a rapid fire round. We're going to get as many questions to Rebecca as possible. Maybe you have a question. Join the conversation now, 877-LIVE-675. Don't forget, you can get your copy of Is Christmas Unbelievable? With a generous year and tax-deductible gift, dial the number 888-644-4144. Let's go to Mara, who's listening in Chicago. Hey, Mara, thank you so much for listening to Equip. What's your question for Rebecca? Good morning, or afternoon, I should say. Is there anything I can do during the Christmas holiday um, that can show my non-believing family more of Christ? Great question. Rebecca? Gosh, so many things. Um, (laughs) one, One of the most radical things that Jesus taught was that we should love our enemies. And that, that's something that we can actually model um, and surprise our, our non-believing friends and family with, whether it's um, in situations where, where they're acting like our enemies, um, you know, where, where maybe they're uh, really having a go at us uh, because of what we believe, or when they see how we treat other people. Um, there's unfortunately a, a culture at the moment among Christians to sort of want to fight back against those who, who might be opposing us um, using the same sorts of tools um, that, that might be used to, to attack us. And this can happen when people are in you know, political discussions and, and, and all sorts that there's this sort of sense of um, if your enemy fights you, then fight back harder. Um, actually, I think it's, it's profoundly countercultural and, and Jesus um, honoring when we fight back with the weapons of love. Um, with, with kindness and with gentleness, um, with, with patience, when we take hostility without giving it back. Um, I, I don't know your particular family situation, but there may be moments this Christmas where you can you can model that and where that could be a, a way that you're pointing them to, to who Jesus is and just opening up a conversation that you could have with them. Rebecca, can I recommend one additional thing? Please. Get a copy of the book. Give it to him. (laughs) Get his Christmas unbelievable. Now, here's the reason why I say this. Seriously. It's because in many ways, it's such an unexpected move on behalf of the Christian. And that is to ask the question before it is even asked. To engage the conversation that maybe everyone's thinking. It's the elephant in the room, the proverbial elephant in the room. But no one maybe 
has uh, broached the topic, or even for that family member who is vocal and and very hostile towards the Christian faith, imagine handing them a copy of the book, Is Christmas Unbelievable?, and uh, proactively saying, hey, I I know this is on your mind, and I want to give you this. It doesn't have to be antagonistic. Again, I will say this about Rebecca. This is true about me as well. Our job, our goal, our hope is not just to be great debaters. Um, My desire is not to uh, provoke you to be more contentious. I say it often on this program. Mm -hmm. We want to bring more light than heat in a Mm -hmm. world that is just so... Uh, much into conflict. Uh, We don't want to do that, but we do want to answer the sincere questions, the hard questions that people are asking about the faith. And Rebecca does that in this book. That's why I'm urging you, dial the number 888-644-4144. That's 888-644-4144. Okay, I'll land the plane here, uh, Rebecca. Uh, With all the evil in the world, how do we justify the existence of God? This is a question that has come in, and I hate to give you 60 seconds to answer, but that's all I got. Mm, yeah. Here's the thing with Christianity. It all hinges on the cross. It hinges on the moment when the God who made the universe not only stepped into our world, but uh, it did so with the intention of being strung up on an instrument of torture and taking um, the, the sin of the world and also the suffering of the world upon himself. Uh, the, the existence, and the reality of, of suffering in our world is not an embarrassment to the Christian faith. It, it's actually um, the, the thing around the Christian faith uh, about which the Christian faith is, is most focused because of the person of Jesus, where, where the king of all the universe stepped down, um, not, not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So, so look at the cross, my friend, and, and there you'll see, and as much as there is any answer in, in this universe to be found when it comes to suffering, there you will see the answer in that first century man dying for your sin and for mine. It's exactly because the world is so full of evil that we need a Savior and a Messiah. And I'd be remiss if we ended this conversation with Rebecca without extending to you the greatest invitation one friend can give to another you know you need a savior. Today, I invite you to put your faith and trust in Jesus. Salvation is far closer than what we may think, that the grace of God can cover all of our sins, no matter how bad our past may have been. All we have to do is repent and believe that is simply the act of trusting that what he did on that cross is more powerful than the mistakes that we've made in our lives. If today you want to take your next step in your journey with Jesus, dial this number, 888-NEED-HIM. That's 888-NEED-HIM. Rebecca, you're off the hot seat. Thank you so much for your ministry to the body, your gift, and your blessing. Thanks for joining me, Rebecca. Thanks, brother. You too. Bye-bye. Friends, today I want to encourage you. Don't wait for the tough questions to come. Be proactive. Get a copy of the book. Give it the friends, the skeptics, the unbelievers, the questioners that are in your life, 888-644-4144. And until we're together again next time, remember Equip with Chris Brooks is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.
Hey there, friends. Chris Brooks here. You know, this season's one of celebration, but maybe it's a struggle for you. Maybe you're dealing with loss or anxiety, and you may wonder, can you ever enjoy the holidays again? Well, I want you to bring your questions as I talk to psychologist and counselor, Dr. Gregory Jans, as we investigate hope for the holidays. Don't miss the next Equip. Listen live weekdays at 1 Eastern, noon Central, on the Moody Radio app or EquipRadio.org.